Hey, we're still recording. I am Tony Hannity's. And I'm Quinton McKinnon. It's been a trying week. Um, I've been kind of under the weather and whatnot, and just with my Xbox on the blank, but it fixed itself, and then my computer graphics card not working the way I want it to work. Technology's not my friend this week. It seems I don't like know it what's followed going on. a pattern now that I'm thinking about it. It seems like it followed a pattern of like breaking and then fixing itself, because your computer had the same thing, where it wouldn't boot with the the current hardware and then all of a sudden it would boot with the current hardware. Am I, I have correct no idea. In that? Yeah. No, you're not wrong. I mean, the main reason why I was getting a new graphics card was the Adobe premiere updated its minimum requirements and the minimum requirements do no, no longer apply to the current graphics card that I have. And it was getting really buggy and shoddy. And that's when you recommended this third-party free software to use, which I did. And it was great for what it was. Thank you very much. Um, but then this new graphics card didn't work at all. I returned it. And then I put my old graphics card in. And long story short, and it, it's really a long story, it works fine now. And Adobe Premiere works fine like it did before. So I would argue I don't even really need the new graphics card. Um, Wait, the, but, so the program works as well now? Yes, yes, that makes yes. Sense. That makes to- total sense. It's interesting know, that right? like, you'd think that by now, especially like those high-end programs like Adobe Premiere, would have the ability of saying, hey, we're not going to do this update unless you really, really want to because this is going to increase the minimum specs and you don't meet them after this update. Well, with all due respect to them, you know when you get one of those warning messages, majority of the time you're going to just click ignore or okay and just move on because we're human. Uh, well, we're human. We're, we're creatures of habit and our habit is to just click okay because we want the thing. Whatever the thing is, that's what we want. I mean, how many times do you actually read your, your terms of service? So I will say, although I don't read terms and service, I the two things I do do is warning messages I will read always. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's a program that I'm extremely familiar with and I know what that warning message is going to be. Right. Like I, I am used to a warning message po- uh, populating because of a certain action. On the other hand, uh, terms and conditions, although I don't read them in full, which I don't know anyone who sits there. I've only met one person who has read terms and conditions in full in front of me. took like 15 minutes. was very interesting. Um, but there's a website. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's like, um, what's it called? TLDR TNC. Does that sound familiar yeah. at all? No, but it makes sense. Yeah, so TLDR is uh, too long, didn't read, which is the entirety of the issue with those. <laughs> is it's, those kinds it's, of it's things. Too, they're too long. You don't want to read yeah. them because they take forever. Uh, and so too long, didn't read terms and conditions. Basically, you go on there, you put in whatever terms and conditions, let's say like iTunes, and it will give you a like one paragraph synopsis of what you're agreeing to like just just hitting the important points like you can't sue apple you can't do this you can do that it just a real quick high level 
synopsis and it's nice because you can figure out what you're agreeing to without having to sit there for hours on end trying to read legalese and all that junk. That was good. I, I I actually, I've never heard of that service before, but it makes sense that it's out there and I am going to find it and bookmark it (laughs) as soon as, as soon as, as soon as we're done with all this. Um, But fast forwarding to now, yeah, my computer's running fine. And in fact, it's running even better than before because um, a little bit, a little inside baseball for all you guys. My internet here at the house used to be very shoddy. I was using a power line adapter, and if you know about power line adapters, they're kind of a toss up in the air. They're not, they're not always reliable. Wi-Fi over here was like non-existent. And basically what it came down to was I need to upgrade a few things, which did cost a little bit of money, but my monthly cost is going to go down for a little bit. And now when I was only getting like 15 to 25 megabits per second download before, I'm getting over 100 megabits per second download now. Yeah, so which, which version of which, – which version of uh, from what I understood, modem? it was your modem that was causing it. Was it was my modem, yeah. And yeah. Which, which version of a modem did you have before you upgraded? You know, um, I know you want me to answer this so you can make fun of me on the air. And uh, <laughs> no. I, 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 uh, I understand that need to take me down a few notches. But I have to honestly tell you that I don't know and I didn't, I didn't check to find out. I, I could, um, if you want to pause this, I could, go, I could go look. But it would require me to actually go look into the history of the modems that I was using with my ISP, which... I yeah. The only thing that I'm curious on is like I always tell people make sure you're keeping up to date with your uh network, you know, every couple months or so. And for a, a modem you want to, you know, double check to make sure it's the current modem every couple years or so. So my question right. would be is just how how long has it been since you replaced it's the only, modem? Oh, it's only been like 3 years. Cuz I remember when I upgraded my service to their like super fast burst speed and, and whatnot was about three, maybe three and a half years ago. My daughter was already born and I remember it was kind of a big deal because um, I had started implementing all these Internet of Things devices in the household. And that was about three years ago if I look back at my tech YouTube channel when I started reviewing them. And that required me to upgrade my modem as well as my Wi-Fi router. And that's when I got my Nighthawk. But even with the Nighthawk, as good as the Nighthawk is, I just never got the speeds. And I just thought, well, that's just because life. But apparently, for whatever reason, even when they upgraded my router, it wasn't fully upgraded. Now, you had mentioned to me I needed to make sure that I had a Doxus 3 modem. I believe I did. I, I very much remember the words Doxus and the number 3 being spoken to me in words and tongues and fluid sentences a few years ago, uh, verifying that that is the kind of modem that I had. But for whatever reason, it wasn't giving its full capacity. Now, this new modem, on the other hand, which is, again, a modem and router, I'm currently not using the Nighthawk. No. And it's phenomenal. No. You're using the combo? I'm using the combo, and believe me, I have been anti-combo. I've been anti-combo for so, 
so long. When I was able to finally get off my ass and buy a better router, like the, like the Nighthawk, I felt vindicated. I felt like I am finally going to get the speeds that I want and I'm going to get the, the range of the, that I need. And truth be told, man, even if the Nighthawk is better than what I'm getting right now, this has been better than what I've been getting for years. So for as it stands right now, I'm very happy with it. Now, there's one other reason why I'm probably going to stick with the stock modem and router, and that is parental control. The Nighthawk doesn't have really good parental control. Um, Netgear requires you to sign up with this kind of third-party uh, it's not DNS, but it's this third-party service that re- that allows you to create some sort of pseudo network that uh, that you can manage the time in which your your children are on the internet. It's just very confusing. You don't. It doesn't need to be that confusing. It should just be one tab over on the admin tool. Turn on parental controls for these devices. These devices can only be online between this time and this time. And if they go to these websites, you block them. Whether they're using Google, Opera browser, Mozilla browser, you know, doesn't matter. Even on their Android phone, iOS, there's, there's easy ways to do it. And apparently, the stock modem and router that I got from my ISP does it. And in a world in which that convenience outweighs all the other like benefits for me that is all i needed so i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> if that changes your opinion of me but uh yeah no it's uh it's it's been pretty good now mind you i'm i'm in the honeymoon honeymoon stage cuz it's only been a few days um but I mean, case in point, you and I are chatting on Discord, and I'm using my laptop, or rather, I'm using the desktop over Wi-Fi. And prior to doing that, I had to use my phone on 4G because, again, my my desktop would not support it. And on top of that, guess what I'm doing in a separate window? I'm streaming, um, uh, or rather, watching a mixer stream. There you go. <laughs> I, I I couldn't do that before. Remember the last thing you and I did on Mixer? And I kept on having to refresh my screen because I kept on zoning out? That's not necessarily like the router's fault. Like it, it really depends on like what was the issue originally. Like were you having a bad signal? Were you having not fast enough bandwidth to handle that? Like, So I'm... I don't mean to interject, but I'm glad you brought that up because yes, there actually was an issue. I was having uplink and downlink issues on the server side. So my ISP did reset that. And when they reset it, everything was green on their side. But with my old modem, it was still slow. And I tried doing certain things that required, you know, faster internet that that evening and that morning. And it still wasn't up to par of what they said I should expect. Um, and so I said, well, it's it's not what I want. What What is my next solution they said get the newer router you or get the newer modem you have a three-year-old modem you need to get a new modem like all right done deal and that was that
So um, Facebook's actually been messing around with um, things other than the like button. Uh, recently, we've gotten the uh, uh, emojis or uh, uh, emoticons where you have the wow face, the sad face, the super happy face or laughing face, whatever. Um, they're now testing a downvote option in public groups. And I wanted to ask you what you thought of this. It really depends on what they mean by a dislike button. Um, it's not a dislike, it's downvote. Downvote. Yeah. So, so uh, See, let me give you the, the, the full synopsis of what it's going to be. If you have a comment in a public group and I don't like your comment, I click downvote. The group admin does not see the downvote. You do not see the downvote. Other people do not see the downvote. But if your comment gets enough downvotes, it actually gets pushed further down into the comment forms. So it's less likely that people will see your comment. Hence, an actual Okay, so it doesn't vote. do the same thing like a like where it shows like no. these people have liked it. No, this it's very much of an, an anonymous thing. Uh, kind of like how it is. Well, not not exactly not how it is on um, Reddit because you you can see maybe not who has downvoted you, but you can see how many people have downvoted you. Yeah. And in this, no one will see. Well, they do. Reddit has some funny algorithms where they keep it kind of fuzzy, um, so you don't see the. But exact But there's still numbers. a number. The, yeah. But no. But there's still a number. Yeah. This one you won't see a number. I don't know. I. I like it and I don't like it. I don't like it because mm-hmm. I'd rather have them have a number. I don't want them like you could you could do some mean stuff where you could be you could be attacking someone without them ever knowing. Like you could have a bunch of people always downvoting the same person and they never know. They'd never be any the wiser because they're just constantly getting downvoted without any sort of notification or something saying like, "Hey, uh your comments kind of suck." Like you are always getting downvoted. Like I, I like that kind of feedback for people and it's kind of easy to, that's one thing I like about Reddit is like you can see someone and they're being rude and then you go to their profile and see what kind of comments they're making and you're like, Oh look, all their comments are being downvoted quite a lot. Okay. I, I see this person's a troll or a turd burglar or whatever. I'm going to move on with my life and not care about them because this is all they ever do. Um, now I'm not necessarily saying like a Facebook style should have, you know, your total likes and dislikes, but it'd be nice to at least have the feedback for that person of, oh, okay, so all my comments are being downvoted. Maybe this community isn't as welcoming as I once thought. So I like that, uh, summation, the, the idea that if you get some sort of view where you can see okay there's a lot of people that are downvoting my my comments maybe i i don't feel welcome here as much as i thought um especially because this is only being tested or rather it was being tested in public groups it wasn't something like your own personal news feed or whatever right. it was only groups um what i what i don't agree with is the idea that you need to be able to see how many people have downvoted you to move on. Like, I feel like 
this is one of those small instances where if you don't if you don't know it sh- doesn't affect you so there's no harm like if 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 i were to make a comment uh about you know in a public forum of of the new the new tesla for example and i said well it uh it uh i i don't know it, it looks better in blue and that comment got downvoted so much to the point that nobody was commenting i don't i don't pers- and this is me personally i don't think that that would really bother me but if i saw a bunch of downvotes that that's where it would be harder for me to do what you said, which is move on. But the fact that it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, then I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm still part of the community. And whether I know that my comic got downvoted or not, doesn't affect my input to the community. Maybe have like some sort of warning, like don't tell you that you're being downvoted until it reaches some sort of like tipping point where you get a notification. That's like, dude, you are just like, I don't know if someone hates you or something, but <laughs> get a little you suck notification, maybe. <laughs> but why? Um, What's the goal? Not not just for the person, but what would the goal be for the the the, the social network? It'd be like a good warning to tell them like, hey, like it doesn't seem like your comments are being well received. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it takes some decent sized algorithms to, you know, make sure that you're not just, uh, doing that because some people disagree with you, but like it's universally disliked. I don't know. I, I just feel like you should know if you're in a community and no one likes you and you think that's not a thing. I just, I just, I think I'd want to know that. I think I'd want to know, like, okay, this community isn't exactly like on my side per se. So it could be more of a self-help kind of thing. Yeah, like it's it's feedback for you of like, hey, this this community is not for you for one Got reason it. or another. Whether it's you are actually not the greatest person in the world or whatever, it just seems like it's something that you wouldn't you you wouldn't want to not know like you'd want to i'd want to know like if if my comments were just universally disliked in a community i'd be like okay this is not my this is not for me i'll see you guys on the other side so i like that taking a taking the positive spin on that because that does take a certain type of person to be able to admit that they aren't universally liked which I have to admit, it's very hard not to like you, Quentin. You <laughs> definitely have a very, very likable um, persona and, and very good attitude about the world, which is, it's it's honestly refreshing con- considering how much bullcrap that we deal with on a day-to-day basis uh, with just people in general. But Well, thanks, man. I don't know. Well, yeah, of course, man. Um, but in, in reality, outside of that bubble... I think that people would would just like Reddit. I think people would use the downvote more as a trolling tool versus, hey, maybe you shouldn't be here because we, you know, 
we don't really appreciate your input. It's it's more of a uh, uh, an aggressive kind of it's well not it's not aggressive. It's definitely a passive aggressive way to tell someone that you don't want them to be there. But in the world of the internet, when you get something downvoted enough, it becomes a meme and becomes a joke. I mean, look at that whole EA thing that happened with Battlefront 2. The most downvoted comment in Reddit history. And, you know, I, I'm sure EA, being who they are, they're, they're, they're not like, oh, it's just Reddit. Who, who cares? It's freaking Reddit. You should care. And what he's and, talking about, by the way, is during the whole Stars Battlefront 2 uh, release... Everyone was mad about microtransactions and a whole bunch of other things about progress and how long it took and pay to win. And they put out a comment on Reddit that was extremely, honestly, poor in taste. Uh, yeah, it was. It was kind of, it was kind of deaf to the to the community. Yeah, like they, it was very. They didn't. They weren't really trying to listen to what people were saying. They just kind of like were like, "Well, this is how it is," and yeah. um, it reached a tipping point where people were just downvoting it to add to the pile. So it wasn't just kind of downvoted. I mean, uh, to give you an idea, like a lot of comments, a really good comment can get about seven thousand upvotes. This one had, I think it was around half a million downvotes. Downvotes, yeah. yeah. So it 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 was significant. It was significant. It caused them to do a lot of changes to the game, but it was quite the wake-up call, I think, for them. Yeah. I, I like your idea, though, that downvoting something could help somebody reevaluate what they're saying online. Because I, I, I feel like people do get a little overzealous being behind a computer screen or a phone screen and just thinking that they can say whatever they want to say. Um, I just feel that because of how we are on the internet, retribution and reacting back in a negative way with the downvote could actually cause more ramification, um, especially in, in groups. Um, my wife is a part of some local groups here, and if she were to say something and people were to downvote it, um, and I know I said this was all anonymous, like you won't see who's downvoting, and... But l l let's just assume it's similar to that of Reddit, where you can find out who's downvoting you. I mean, this is a community group that she's in. It's very, very likely that she, she's going to pass them when she's up uh, up and around town. And, you know, my, my wife's obviously a very sweet woman, but, you know, you push her buttons the wrong way, she can get feisty. <laughs> and I'm just saying, like, not just her, but just people in general. People like to start crap just to start crap. And, you know, having it start online and finish in real life, potentially with blood, uh, that's not hyperbole, that's reality. Mm -hmm. And so while I understand the downvote of wanting to better oneself, I don't think people look at the internet to better oneself. People look at the internet to to push and to uh, to do wrong because they have the power to do so. Look at me being a cynic. Less, less to better oneself and more to be oneself. So I was in Barnes & Noble the other day, and that was surprising to myself in the first place. Um, a real bookstore. Yeah. Uh, I'm in there, and I'm at the cash register, 
And the lady goes, do you have our little rewards membership? No. Okay. What's a good email for you? And I was like, what do you need my email for? Oh, we're just going to sign you up for our email list and all that stuff. And I don't know about you, but that just rubbed me the wrong way of just like the way she's like, do you want to sign up for our email list? She didn't ask me that. She just said, what's your email address? As if I was just Mm -hmm. expected to give it to her. And then when I said no, she looked at me like, don't you want our email? And I'm like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. I don't want your stinking email. Like it's, I, I, I don't remember the last time I was in here. Like, Oh my gosh, no. But I've noticed this on a couple different retailers where they're, they just kind of demand your like email, your personal information. They're like, what's your phone number? No, you don't need my phone number. I'm buying, I'm buying groceries or I'm buying just junk. Like, you don't need this personal information. Well, you say that now. <laughs> but a month from now, you'll wish that you had those coupons that were supposed to be sent to your email. But because you didn't give it to them, you will never get the savings you deserve. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering, have you had this experience? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, taking the assumptive approach um, as a uh, as a cashier is uh, a little more aggressive than I would uh, imagine, especially at Barnes & Noble. But I I can understand Barnes & Noble being the last of the Mohicans, if you uh, uh, um, are okay with the turn of phrase, um, in that there's not that many bookstores left, you know, at any large scale. But they're not really going anywhere, and they're, you know, they're kind of stagnating. So I think these cashiers have been, in a sense, pressured by management to get as many emails as possible. Now, the the Barnes & Noble membership actually does cost money, and I'm, I'm surprised she didn't go that far to explain it to you. But just to get you onto the email list is a stepping stone, I guess, if you will. Um, so as a salesperson, I appreciate that. I mean, just like you, you and I deal with customers on a day-to-day basis where we have to, in, in certain times, assume that they're just going to do something because we feel it is in their best nature. Someone who's employed by Barnes & Noble might also feel that same way. Whether you shop at Barnes & Noble a lot or not, it doesn't matter. The most important thing is to try to give you a reason to come back and the best way to do that is by giving your email so for her to say to you okay no problem so what's your email is is in a sense cocky to assume that you would just be fine and willing to give it up but you but um it it is a little much i i would i would probably throw in um the just the the question uh how do you feel about getting savings and coupons in your email it's it, the main problem honestly and truly is the fact that it's just an assumption of like they they don't even tell you what it's for like they just go mm-hmm. what's your email like obviously during the tur- purchase process i'm going to ask for your credit card 
I'm going to ask you if this is all you need. And then I'm going to ask for your email. Like, this is just part of the process. No, it's not. No, it's not. You don't need my email. You don't need my spam email. You don't need my personal email. You don't need my work email. You don't need my email. This is not a question that should be asked. I mean, fine. You want to ask if I want to sign up for your mailing list? Fine. I mean, the answer is no. But maybe somebody else will be like, oh, heck yes. I love books. I love all of this. Get me on there ASAP. But the fact that, like, she didn't even tell me what it was for and she just assumed, like, this is information that I'll just gladly give out. No. I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And it's been rubbing me the wrong way for a while. I mean, like I was like I was saying, the assumptive close is one of the most powerful ways to to set that close because it does throw off the other person. And as a salesperson, I would say that's a good thing, but from a moral standpoint, that's not always, you know, co cohesive because you feel like you need a reason to to give your email but at the same time we're kind of trained we've kind of trained ourselves to just especially when it comes to email and phone numbers when you're in retail because a lot of places do ask for it you could like oh okay my email is quentin at um, hotdude.com um Go try that, guys. It goes right to Quentin. No, no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I like I was saying. I, I feel like she was coming on a little too strong, but I admire it. <laughs> so that's I can't I can't be on the exact same wavelength as you um, because I do admire the 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 balls behind it, but I do understand and sympathize with the um, with the uh, the appallingness that it it does ensue upon not just you but the other customers who might might not be as uh you know i i that, that might be not as aware as to what's going on and just freely give their email out yeah it's something like the kind of low morale level that just it throws me for a loop honestly i can do i can do like you know okay it's a good sales tactic like i i i understand that but i don't know, i'm a person where it's like i won't use uh cheap sales tactics where you kind of make the person feel like they have to rather than yeah give them a choice maybe it's just me but I just, uh, it just, no. <laughs> can you tell I'm frustrated with it? <laughs> I, I can. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess the uh, the saving grace in, in this sense was uh, that they still let you purchase your item without giving the email. It wasn't like you, you either give us the email, you don't get to buy this because that would be dumb. But. Um, Hello, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, hey, funny story. I've got Amazon on my phone right now, and click. Okay, bye. Um, I I, w- I would say for the future, if anyone else is listening that is in the position where that they are coaxed by their management 
to sell something, while the assumptive approach makes sense, it doesn't make sense all the time. Closing is an art form, and you cannot do one kind of close every single time. You have to feel for your customer or the member or the client that's in front of you. And this person seems like she was very cookie-cutter, kind of just asking everybody. Um, kind of like, you know, you know when, when we first get into sales, the, the, each, each trainer says the same thing. Do you get mad when uh, when uh, McDonald's asks you, do you want uh, fries with that? No, you don't get mad. You just say yes or no. So just ask. I don't think I've ever been asked that, honestly and truly. I'm trying to think. I think like in a sit-down restaurant, I've been asked, do you want fries with that? But I don't think any time like at a fast food place they have. But the idea is to ask the question and and to not get upset with the answer. And... And, and to just move on. And this person, this cashier, was doing just that. Yeah, well, it wasn't more of a question. It was more of a demand. And I get that. So she was, she was, it wasn't like, can I have your email? It was, give me your email. Speak. And so that's where, that's where I, 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 I kind of get your point. But I just, I, <laughs> I just love the balls on it. Speaking of fast food weird. for a second, since we're on a rant already. Um, have you had the experience when, like, you asked for... Wherever it is, doesn't matter where, but you ask for like extra ketchup or something and they look at you like you're taking from their personal fridge. <laughs> um, Not recently, but yeah, I have had it in the past. They like, the, there's like a pause, like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Was this your stash for your lunch? <laughs> My bad. I didn't. Never understood it. Just looking at you like, oh, how dare you ask that? It's like, I'm pretty sure you're not paying for it, but okay. I, I'd i like to know because um, I know like when fast food restaurants do inventory, I know they take inventory of every single cup and every single lid. I don't know if they take inventory of every single packets of condiments and straws and stuff like that. If they do and that accounts toward something, like that accounts toward their their quarterly bonus or whatever, I can understand that. Like if you're taking an absorbent amount of, of ketchup and napkins and thanks to you, my kids will not get new shoes this month. Thanks. I get that, but I, I doubt that's the case. <laughs> I highly doubt that's the case. Goodness gracious, that seems awful. Well, I'm just saying, like, if it was a mom-and-pop shop, that might be the case. But a, a larger chain like a McDonald's or a, or a Five Guys or something, I, I, I doubt it. But I, 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 don't know, I, I don't know if you feel comfortable naming the, the place that you had this, uh, this happen to you. But for me, um, it, it was just a Burger King, you know? It's in their name. They're the king of burgers. I'm sure they have plenty of ketchup. Now, they're not really the king of burgers in my view, but they think they are. <laughs> they have plenty of ketchup. They want you to have it your way. You want me to have it my way, but you're giving me the side eye if I want extra ketchup? Like, that doesn't make sense. So that's why I like the other places where the ketchup comes out of the spout dispensary, like close to the napkins and the straws over mm -hmm. to the side table because I don't have to talk to anybody. The only weird part is when, like, I have to go back there and ask for, like, ranch or buttermilk, as Jack in the Box likes to put it. 
And some places are like, okay, that'll be 25 cents. I'm like, God, can you put a sign so I can remember to bring change? I don't have change. I got plastic. I'm not paying 25 cents on my credit card. You've got to be kidding me. Oh, that's always my favorite. It's like, you do know you're basic. Like, you might as well not charge me because you're going to lose money on this. Like, the transaction right, exactly. costs more. There's transaction fees yeah. on you guys. Yeah. <sighs> so I haven't asked you this question in what I would say a hot minute. What have you been playing? Um, recently, I have been on a PUBG tear. Uh, because you and the other boys have really coaxed me in on um, the idea that I can get better. <laughs> <laughs> so the only way to do that is to, to, to just to play. And not to toot my own horn, but I got down to, I guess, what, 11th place by myself um, the other evening. There you go. Yeah. And then the, the match right after that, I got killed by being punched in the face too many times. So, so yeah, th- there's the level of my, and I was the first one to die too. So th- there's the level of, of like my, my, uh, my gamemanship. I'm either really good for what I am, uh, or really bad. <laughs> I can't do melee worth crap in PUBG. <laughs> Melee's hard, man. It's all about that headshot punch. Yeah, I just I can't aim at that as as they're coming. It, it just I can't do it. It's yeah, I just can't do it. But uh, I'm getting better. I, I I feel like when you're playing PUBG solo, at least for the first couple of circles, the game is just hide and seek. You gotta hide and then seek weapons, unless you want to be like um, Huntley up in Seattle and you want to be on the offensive all the time, that's obviously going to make you a better player in the long run. But if you want to try and just, you know, get all the things and then get to the the, the final circle with all the things in your backpack so you're fully prepared, you might last longer and you have a better chance at getting that chicken dinner. And even if you only have one or two kills under your belt, it's still a chicken dinner. And that's what I've been doing. So that's my tactic. No, it's a smart tactic. Stay out of combat yeah, as much as possible. It's been working, man. Yeah. But be ready at um, any time. I've been running a lot. And thanks to you on the Xbox, you taught me the double-click left analog stick. And you just run for your life without without having to hold down on it. it it's been been a godsend for my thumb. So thank you <laughs> for that. What about you? What, have you? what have you been playing recently? Um... I mean, obviously, a lot of player knowns battlegrounds. Uh, but there's been a few different games. There's been like Ghost Recon Wildlands, uh, Titanfall Two a little bit. Uh, and recently, we gotten kind of back into Grand Theft Auto Online. Which I gotta say, like everything on that game is so expensive. Like they they really <laughs> want you to buy those uh, cash cards. Shark cards. Yeah, the shark cards. They really, really want to push them, and I get it. I, I do. And so, in the multiplayer part of it, with the shark cards, what can you buy? Because I've actually never played the multiplayer um, side of GTA. From what I've seen, pretty much anything and everything, anything you could think of, you can buy with those cash cards. Like, literally, you can buy pretty much anything with those cash cards, and it's kind of scary, because um, it makes the game. 
kind of pay to win because you can get some crazy good stuff. You can get like really good gear, really good weapons with money, um, better vehicles and stuff. But at the same time, you don't get everything. You don't get like you still have to like level up to unlock certain weapons and certain items. Um, okay. Honestly, though, like I, I play it to play the missions with my friends. I don't play it competitively, so mm. none of that affects me. And so, like the the way I'm trying to kind of see it is, if I did buy one of those cash cards, it would be as if I was buying a DLC pack. Like I, I want to play this new thing that they've got going on called the Doomsday Heist, which is supposed to be this big mission that you do, and it's supposed to be very extravagant and very cool. And it's free if you don't want to, if you want to grind to get to it, if you want to spend all the time it takes to get to it. I don't really want to do that. So I'm like, well, how much is it to just jump into it? How much is it to just pay my way in to being able to do it now? Because if it's like 15 bucks, like that's, that's a DLC download in my opinion. That's just saying like, hey, I want to buy this downloadable content. And if it means I get, right. you know, a new car or a new base or whatever cool um i'm just torn i'm honestly and truly just torn how do the missions work uh, are you fighting against other other real people or are they ai depends on what mission like there there are both uh, okay okay all right good to know yeah no i I've, I've wanted to play gta online but again when i wanted to play i just didn't have anyone else in my circle of friends who'd be willing to play um, and I don't know your friends that well to be able to say, hey, I'll join you. So next time you want to play and they're not around, let me know. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it, I just got to go buy it again. So that's cheap. That's now, why so. that's why I don't trade in games anymore is it's just like you. There's so many like good games and different things to do. And um, sometimes you go back to games. So yeah, I've just stop trading in games i just like to hold on to them because it's like oh yeah we haven't played this game for you know a couple of years now but let's get back into it okay all right <laughs> yeah i mean that that was kind of the whole allure of games back in the day like you know you'd have all these cartridges of nes and snes games and then one day you just wake up you're like you know what i haven't played contra in a while let me pop that in you just pop it in you just play it but nowadays, like, people just want to play the newest of new games, and there's very few collectors. And when those collectors say, yeah, I still have this game or I have that game, people look at them in awe, like, oh, my God, I wish I still had it. Like, well, yeah, you did, like, three years ago, but you <laughs> you wanted to trade it in for uh, Battlegrounds 2, and look what happened with that. So <laughs> it's kind of dumb. Yeah, I know that doesn't fit the timeline, so please don't email in. I know three years ago, battle. <laughs> just shut up, okay? Go away. That's the thing to <laughs> say to our listeners: just shut up. There you go. <laughs> I'm only saying it to that one kid. You can find uh, Tony over in, in, in at, New York. Uh, <laughs> Lazy Tech Tony at <laughs> Twitter, and send it. Yeah, send the complaints yeah. to him. All of all of us, all complaints. Bring them on. Thanks for the support. We love you. All right, guys. Well, that was a lot of fun. Quentin, as always, it's been a blast. How can people find you? Uh, on Twitter or on Xbox at Firewall. 
Awesome. And as for me, uh, as Quentin said earlier, my Twitter is Lazy Tech Tony. Uh, all the other YouTube handles, Lazy Tech TV, Lazy Tony Vapes, and all are uh, can be found and clicked on in the podcast links in the descriptions below. And thanks a lot for listening on. We'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys.